Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson, and this is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight, back again, hey. Yeah, tonight we're doing, um, um, I guess, a, a cult classic, I think well, it is. Well, we're not a cult classic, but it's a satirical black com- comedy fantasy film. Yeah, called... Death Becomes Her. That was released in 1992, I think. Yep, 992. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And I think it's an awesome movie, and it was really... Um, well, I don't know what's, what it was like back then, but it was pretty awesome where I stand. Well, we think it was pretty damn good. That's why we're reviewing it. But, however... Um, yeah. Uh, to each his own, obviously. Uh, there's also another reason for it. Um, one of the main actors, you may know him, Bruce Willis... Everyone knows Bruce. Yeah. He's been looking at retiring this yeah, year. Yeah, he's, he's not very well. He's having trouble with his lines and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, for some reason, he can't string two or three sentences, and that will make it difficult for him to act. Yeah, it's sad. This happens, guys. It happens in, to the rest of us who have learned and struggled with spelling. Uh-huh. So it's a bit sad that his has to end very uh-huh. shortly. Oh, yeah. um, it's like me. I think I'm a bit vague sometimes too. Anyway, okay. moving on, Mike. Okay, here we go. I'll go through the usuals. Produced by uh, Robert Zenix, Z E M E C K I S. Zemix. No, Zemeckis. Yeah, Zemeckis. Zemeckis, whatever. Uh, and Steve Starkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Martin Donovan and David Coop. Now, I'll go through a few of the people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meryl Streep's in it. Yeah. She plays, uh, well, Bruce Willis is the main guy, sort of, but he's married to Goldie Horn. No, she's not. They're engaged. Oh, they're engaged. That's and then, the right. And he's engaged, and he drops her for Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get married, and there's a, an ongoing problem with the two ladies for quite many, many, many years, but later on they become friends. But Sarah will tell you. All about that, mm. but there's a lady in it, a uh, antagonist, or not an antagonist, no. a weird lady, Isabella Rossellini. She is so good looking and so sinister and mysterious in this role. I, I wouldn't say she's an antagonist. I think she's no, more I of a sinister sorcerer. I did change it. Yeah. I did change it. Okay, she's uh, the fly in the ointment who uh, would helps the storyline. How's that? Uh, yeah. But she's very beautiful and sinister and mysterious yeah. in this role, and I can't think of anybody else well suited for the job. Yeah. Yeah. I won't go for all the other people. Yeah, because they're mostly co-extras yeah, yeah, yeah. or extra extras, and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. and people just, you naturally, maybe just making a cameo. Yeah, someone like a doctor or in a hospital mm. and say, like, oh, this person has got a heartbeat. I better walk out of here and, and they have a heart attack themselves. Well, that's yeah. a that's yeah. Well, yeah. Not, it's not worthwhile. Originally, this hey. originally this movie was going to be um, a sequel to Tales of the Crypt from ni- from the one, original one that came out in 1972. Okay. This was going to be, I guess, an anthology series, but they decided to stretch the story out because they thought they had something really going good there. Exactly. When you think about it. So, um, um, so I heard, I'm kind of glad they did stretch it out and they kind of made this story into a bit of a longer segment yeah. instead of just a short one that could yeah, have been a short. Instead of a short tale, they made it into a movie and I think it goes as good as a movie. Yeah, mm. I don't know what would have happened if they made it, cut it really short, like kept, kept it quick, quick all the way Straight through. to the point. Yeah, Straight would, to the I, point. I would have lost something. It would have been, um, I mean, it really benefited good from character development and whatever, so, yeah. True. Mm. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's no point in uh, talking about the extras or co-extras no, or the cameos. Ta- hey, but talk about the story. Yeah, for sure. Ah. So the story <laughs> takes place back in the 1970s, I think. 1978, thereabouts. And um, yeah. Madeline, um, played by... Um, by um, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Ho- no, not Goldie Hawn. No, Madeline? Uh, no, no. Not Goldie Hawn. No, that's the other one. Man, he's an idiot. Uh, Meryl Streep plays Madeline. Meryl Streep's yeah, yeah, sorry. Her, okay. Helen's other one. Yeah, <laughs> she's performing in a production called. Let me see, what's it called? Um, called Songbird. Songbird of Youth, which is given back the thumbs down. Technically, everyone thinks it it's crap. terrible. It was crap. Yeah. People Even, walked out on it and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, and after the performance, Ernest and Helen, her best oh, friend. Ernest is Bruce Willis. Yeah, who is really impressed with her performance, but then again, who... who, who He's attracted to her sexually. And she begins to flirt with him, and Helen is worried that he'll soon go for her, you know, get under her skin or stuff, or or him or her getting under his skin or whatever stuff. He he was taken by her. No matter how bad the performance was, he thought she was great. She then showed up when he was doing surgery on a patient and Helen hears about it and thinks that there's something going on and she's right because as it turns out a few months later dum 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 they yeah. got married Ernest oh. and Madeline have gotten tied the noose and have gone yeah. down the aisle and well seven tied years later not. <laughs> t- tied the noose tied the knot you get the picture whatever well, seven years change, later yeah. Helen has gone over the deep end she's now like 200 or 500 pounds overweight i don't know Not how 500 pounds overweight. she's put on a few a few pounds it looks yeah. like a lot compared she's gone to, from about you know, what, uh, compared to me yeah. guys i was skinnier Look, compared stop to her it. take your wind to a bio on yourself anyway she does go to a mental institute after not paying her rent and probably making a nuisance of herself and eventually, she, after seven years later, she's got back on her feet again. And which, looks really good. And her, she's invited uh, Madeline and Ernest to um, a premiere for her upcoming book release, whatever that yeah. is. And it's, well, Madeline wants to, is actually quite aged a lot. She's no longer the youthful actress. She's got bags, yeah. um, raven's claws under her eyes, raven's whatever they're called. Claws. So you got crow's feet, and she got baggy eyes, and she got a bit of weight on. Yeah. Anyway, she goes like to um, her late her plastic surgeon. Originally, she had Ernest to take care of her plastic he, surgeon yeah, he needs, w- but now he's gone from paying a plastic surgeon to a morgue uh, tician. Yeah. Well, more well, he works in the morgue, uh, making the bodies look nice. Yeah. A step down from his And he's usual an alcoholic role. now because he's been, she's driven him batty and, he, and drove him to drink and whatever. And yeah. As yeah. most good wives do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she goes to her, her plastic surgeon and they say, sorry, we cannot do any plastic surgeon because you just did one, say, a couple of month, months ago and we think that you should wait a couple more months. She has a bit of a meltdown. But eventually her, the guy, the owner in charge, tells her about a nice lady, a, a person who knows a way of making sure that she gets what she wants mm. at the end. So he hands her the car, her card and she just tears it up and just throws it in her bag. Yeah, 
<laughs> and then on the night Lucky of the premiere, f- yeah, mm. night of the premiere, she meets um, Helen, and we think she's overweight, but then we see, oh my gosh, she's a Jessica Rabbit lookalike. Yeah, nice slender beautiful, body, beautiful red dress, blonde hair. No, well, reddish blondy hair, yeah, right. whatever they call it, and she looks beautiful. She's and gorgeous. dear old Ernest is taken in by how much she's changed. Yeah. Gone the mousy brunette. Now the beautiful Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Jessica. Yeah, what's up, Doc? Well, the Jessica Rabbit is um, what and I described. And now she came over really sexy. But we're not talking about Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. We're not talking about who framed Roger Rabbit, are we? <laughs> well, she If you want to review that later on, we'll review who framed Roger but Rabbit. But a lot of people, a lot of reviewers have commented how much she does resemble that Jessica type of Rabbit. character. Okay. Anyway, back to the story. Then later on, Madeline... Is heads off to meet her boy toy, <coughs> her lover. Boy, who, toy boy, not boy toy. Okay. You got a wrong way around. Sorry. And he rejects her for a much younger, his yeah. age girl. Yeah, well, why not? I would. And he tells her, why don't you go off and find someone your own age? The old bat. No, he didn't, didn't say that, but yeah. implied that she was a bat. Yeah, she then heads off Batman, and starts Becker, crying. In the car, and then she tries to find makeup to clear up these weird mess. I think a mascara was running and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And she then finds the card, the card she got from her mate, her from the plastic surgeon, and she decides to go ahead and take his advice and go to this place. Yeah. And so you know, this lady accepts visitors day and night, and this is at night time, really late. While this is happening. Um, Helen visits Ernest and tells her uh, that she thinks that he's wasting his life with Madeline and thinks that she, they should try to, get, try to restart their lives together. And fortunately, there's a big problem there because this is California and if you start divorcing someone, you're looking at a... Um, she might get Ernest's money and he'll get nothing. It's a step down from poverty when you think about it, meaning a poor pocket. And seeing as she's very popular, she may get the biggest uh, lawyer out there to back her. Screw him over, like me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another blood sucking vampire. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Alan comes up with this plan. She suggests that they drug uh, Madeline, make it look like a car accident, and drive, right drive her off a cliff. And they would just assume that she died of drinking too much. And drinking and alcohol yeah, and drugs and stuff. Yeah, like uh, normal. Yeah. 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 And this was their plan. Meanwhile, back, back to um, Madeline's, pla- Madeline's, she visits the place and it's like Frankenstein's house there. Oh, no. A lot more fancier, but very... More like Dr. Frankenfurter. Or young Frankenstein's house. A very nice mansion type place, but a bit gothic yeah. looking and stuff. And yeah, yeah, really ominous. Yeah. A young but very attractive man enters the door. He looks like a magician's assistant. I, it's when Fabio. If anyone knows Fabio, some of the young folk probably don't know who he is, but yeah. he's a rather good looking young man. Yeah. yeah. I swear some of the guys that's working for this lady, sh- they look like they ought to be in a magician's act when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. something. Get Any- along with it. So <laughs> she, he escorts her to the lady's... Um, lounge room or dining oh yeah lounge room and she introduces herself and says that she'll give her a potion that will allow her to look young forever and ever 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 and 
Of course, Madeline just throws up her hands and says, nah, don't believe you. I'm just going to walk out. But then she takes out a knife and then she dips it into the, the potion. The lady gets out a knife. The lady <laughs> takes out the knife, dips it into the potion. No, she pricks her finger yeah, first. Oh, yeah, she pricks yeah. Madeline's finger first. She screams, ah! And then, oh, very nice. And then she takes the dagger and dips it into the potion. Man, the potion and dips it onto Madeline's finger, and then her finger starts to heal. heal. Right and, and all the age spots, you know, considering yeah. how old she is, start disappearing. And her, it, hand, her hand went from a 50-year-old to a 20-year-old in yeah. a couple of seconds. Of course, she says, check okay? I mean, she's all for it. And yep. she says... The ladies tells her that she must keep this absolutely tip-top secret, Don't meaning no one mm. ought to know. So she must keep it secret. And she can continue her career for 10 years, but she must disappear in case people start suspecting why she's looking so youthful. So she can retire, fake her death. Make, or, lo- make a lot of money in the meantime. Or, and yeah. make a little bit of money. Or even... Uh, change her identity and maybe even come back a, come back a few years later. That's yeah. my my get my best guess because that was never suggested in this movie. I would have loved to suggested that say five or ten or fifty years later she reemerges and no one remembers her. You mean say you look a lot like the lady who was around here many years ago? Yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, it would sound would be uh, it would sound better than ten years of success and then mm. disappear, reclu- um, go into seclusion. I don't know if that's a word. But if you work well and make a lot of money, you can invest it wisely. Mm. (coughs) Yeah. And uh, you can live off the money. True, true. And party on for the rest of your life, for the rest of eternity. Yeah, Mm. but still should have to live in isolation. No, um... Well, father creepy guys like that. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so she then takes the potion, drinks it up, and then the lady says, now a warning. And then she's saying, now "Now a warning? After you drink it. And then she takes out a special pendant, I think it is, and puts it onto her blouse and tells her that to look after her body. You know, they're going to be with each other for a long, so long time. time. So don't let anything happen to your body. So she, as she's heading out the door, she <laughs> spots a mirror me. and she stares at it. At first we don't see anything, but then we see her face lighting up, like her f- facial yeah. features looking younger. Then her butt is starting to... Her butt gets firm again and the titties and get, get firm, firm again, again and lift up a little bit, you know, ladies. And then she yeah. absolutely marvels at it and she says, I'm a girl. And the course, the guy, the butler, tells her to keep a lip about it, keep quiet about it. Yeah, then don't she tell he- she eventually heads home, and where um, we watch Helen leaving the mansion where she was talking about the plan with Ernest, and there Madeline shows off her body, but then she's approached by Ernest, who tells her that he's fed up with her and he throws her down the stairs. And, and then he phones Helen and tells her about what he did. And she breaks her neck and dies at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, yeah. She breaks her neck and then dies. Mm-hmm. And then Ernest goes and phones Helen and tells her what he did. He never thought he had the guts to do this. But, but Helen tells him, why did you do this? We discussed a plan just five minutes ago. And all of a sudden, you just went ahead and did something off the opposite to what we're doing. very good. Though. And while this is good, but he, the police are going to suspect why he's not phoned the, pl- the um, police, police first, first mm-hmm. instead of, in, well, but why well, she's, he's phoning her instead. Well, 
So he's, they come up with the alternate plan. While this is happening, Madeline slowly rises up, feel twisted, and her head's now staring in the direction of her butt. And she approaches Ernest. Her head's turned around. Yeah. 180 degrees. Yeah. And she tries to... <coughs> she taps Ernest on the shoulder saying, Hello, I'm still alive. And he freaks out. And she tries to phone the, pol- the police herself. But unfortunately, her, her head's swiveled around and she can't grab the, the phone. Yeah, she can grab the phone, but she can't dial... I can't, can't see what she's doing. And yeah. yeah. You try to dial a phone behind your back. Not easy. Yeah. Eventually, she swivels her head back in the opposite, the round, right way round, and, at, and then she decides, they realise that she must need a doctor. So they head to the hospital in Ernest's car, and the doctor can't feel a heartbeat from Yeah, her. he can't find a heartbeat. She's dead. And, Ooh, yeah, and, and her skin is cold, cold, no life in it, no blood, no circulation whatsoever. And she passes out, and they're the more the hospital attendants think she's dead, so they decide to take, take her the to the... the put in the fridge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Ernest goes down there, realising that she'll be pissed because she's down there. So she then goes, he goes down there, and he unlocks the, the, the freezer, or the fridge. Let her out. And let her out. And he takes her back to the house, and where he tr- gets later on at the morgue. Um, what was it? The... Um, uh, Sample stuff that she works with to help her look better and all that stuff. He put some makeup on herself and, t- and fixed her up a little bit. Yeah, it's it's mostly um, airbrush or spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah He explains this in a a brief um, in meeting with a lady at the um, book party and told her how he was able to make her aunt look younger. And he told her about how he uses spray paint when makeup yeah, will, will not work. Yeah, well, it's a dead body. You don't got to complain about it, but you want to get yeah. a good, you know, a nice matte finish or satin finish probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Helen arrives and she tries to work out what is going on. She then knocks on the door and eventually she comes in and she asks why he's he painting and asks him why, what's going on. And he tells her about how Madeline survived and he thinks that he's meant to be with Madeline, but I don't think so. I don't think so. he's meant to be with anybody, but yeah. Yeah, he then, then Madeline hears what they've been planning and plotting. She then heads downstairs to get one of the shotguns. And yes, you're not, everyone should have a shotgun in the house. And mm. then she shoots Helen in the chest, square on into no, her stomach. stomach, abdomen. And Ernest is like, "Oh my gosh, she just killed her!" And she says, she "Oh, fall, she's just, she falls I'm just into on water, <laughs> and all the blood and everything it looks really, 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 really good." Yeah, they begin to make plans of burying her in Death Valley, uh, not Death Valley, somewhere, um, yeah. somewhere. And so they end up getting the blue. Uh, Plastic, whatever. A plastic drop sheet. A plastic drop sheet. And they start making plans of burying her. Meanwhile. But then she slowly, Helen slowly rises up and we see water coming out of that very big hole that she was shot through. And she's like saying, I have a hole in my stomach type attitude. It was so funny. And (laughs) Uh, and then Madeline works out that 
Seen and Ernest is like, oh, it's a miracle type attitude. Like he's Frankenstein, young Frankenstein or something. It's like alive. Anyway, it's type whatever. attitude. <laughs> and Madeline sees through this and realizes that it's Helen has taken the potion who knows how long ago. I and don't see, that's one of, the, one of the reasons why she looks so damn good. Yeah, mm. and the women decide to do a sort of shovel sword fight. Sh- yeah, well, sh- yeah. <laughs> have a shovel fight. And it doesn't work because they're both dead. Yeah, they begin... How do you kill a dead person? Hello? Yeah, they start swinging at each other and then Ernest throws up his hands and says, that, that's it, I'm leaving. So as he, they're fighting, they realise they can't conflict pain, but then they realise that they cause so much pain in their lives. Like, like each one has a reason to hate the other. Like, Helen was had all these best friends and all that stuff, and, and Madeline has always been taking Helen's boyfriends and they realize that they've caused so much pain for each other so they decide to resolve it by saying sorry and realize that that i really do love you you're my friend yeah that's all then stuff, they decide they both Girl plead with Ernest to fix their bodies of course Ernest says okay i'll do that but once i'm done i'm, I'm leaving as in you don't contact me you don't um, speak to me, you never acknowledge me, all that stuff. And they say, well, okay, big, fair enough, wouldn't you say, Mike? Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so after he's done fixing up their bodies, he makes his plans of leaving and never come back. And However. while this is happening, the girls are marrying themselves and realise that that once Ernest leaves, they won't be able to. They probably won't be able to get the new touch-ups. Like this is like yeah. going back to surgery, and they won't be able to get any new. See, makeup. the problem is, if uh, with the other people who took the potions, yeah, they're alive, so yeah. they would be able to get on with their lives with no problem. But these yeah. two are dead, and they need constant touch-ups so they don't look dead. Yeah. Mm. See yeah. every see they see the paints. That, that Ernest uses keeps stripping off. Like um, it, it makes off. it underneath yeah. the it is grey skin or yeah, well, de- or whatever. Well, skin does go bluey grey and stuff when the blood drains out of it and stuff. Mm, and true, it, true. It, anyway, the girls mm. decide to take her him to um, to the lady. Um, Lizelle, and, Lizelle, 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 in yeah. order to get him to take the potion so that he could live forever, so to do the old And he almost ups. believes it's a good way to go. Yeah, so they drug him, as they oh, were out to yeah. drug him, get him to drink some same um, like drugs that, that Helen has. But he realizes that he doesn't want to live forever. Well, actually, before we get to that, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they tr- he tries several times to drink it, but he decides to, nah, I'm not going to drink anymore. He used to drink a lot. But, oh, the alcohol, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he, um, but then the girls knock him out, like, as in with a, with a jar or two. Yeah, well, over his head or something. Yeah, yeah. Then he is taken to Elise. Lizelle. Lizelle's. And he, she's co- he's coaxed into, be you know, take the potion, but he then realises, like Mike was saying, that he doesn't want to live forever. Who's going to talk to? Um, Marilyn? Helen? Who else? Yeah, well, that's Um, it. Yeah, yeah. and he has 10 years to have a good, successful career. And then disappear. And disappear. And watch other people die around him. That's not a life. Yeah, it's a death. (laughs) Anyway, he then heads, runs off, and while this is happening, 
outside there's a party going on where a lot of um, Lizelle's clients are there, including an Elvis impersonator who might be the real Elvis. No, it's supposed to be Elvis. I mean, yeah. Elvis disappeared, remember? I know. He just yeah, yeah. He didn't disappear, so he just went home. He just went home now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's supposed to be the, implying it was real Elvis, he faked his death. Yeah. And he took the stuff and he, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. No yeah. Anyway, everyone is there and um, they're about to close up the doors because they know that Ernest is, is knows too much and he might tell. No. No, will he? Mm. Yeah, because he says to um, others that he's going to stop the, her and all that stuff because he realises what they're doing is going against God or whatever. Or whatever, nature or, or whatever. Nature or anything. Yeah. Anyway, he climbs up to the roof and he, he the only way he can get away is that the exit is on the other side of the... Um, the a um, locked turret door turret. or something rather. So, so he's, he's he climbs across the climb, slate roof. Yeah, yeah, he has to climb across the slate roof and he dang accidentally dangle, starts dangling there. He on slides the down and grabs on the gutting which swings out over the courtyard. Yeah, and <laughs> Helen and Madeline beg him to take the potion to save his life, but they added when, when he was about to drink it that they needed him. And Ernest realises that when he takes it, that means he's going to be a slave to them all his life. So he throws it down and he falls down, down, down into a swimming pool, surviving the fall but he still has to get out of the castle, so he quickly escapes into uh, James Dean's car and disappears. James Dean car. Yeah, well, the, actor, the character there looked like James Dean, I think. Probably was. It probably yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the, 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 Madeline and Helen were ordered to go try to retrieve him back at the house. And fortunately, I imagine Ernest has already left to parts unknown, has not returned to the house, and now the girls realize that their skin is peeling and shedding and they have to rely on each other from now on to if or not to look after their bodies. So they're stuck exactly. together forever. forever. So mm. 37 years later, they're attending Ernest's funeral and they look rather off. They're terrible. Bad paint jobs. They look jobs, like right? they've had uh, the worst paint job ever. Like you know, they've taken your car to a bad body shop, you know. You know yeah, you know like I mean. um, if you were looking at a wall of paint and all suddenly you, you make a, several mistakes on the wall and then you realise, oh my gosh. I I've just, got to repaint it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That type of paint job. Anyway, Ernest has been living a better existence after... F- 37 years. He had a full life. Yeah. Lots of, got married, had lots got, of kids, lots yeah. of grandkids, yeah. good things. Yeah. And he's um, even a, a sportsman and he's even made himself a better doctor. He's uh, made a clinic, uh, you know, a marital clinic and a few other clinics and he's made himself a, a very well-known person in his yeah. life, this lifetime. So, yeah, so even the life he, he had before, after Madeline, he's, it's become a little bit more fulfilled. So, Anyway, then, so Madeline and Helen, they're attending the funeral, as I said, and they're just, um, they think, as they're heading out of the church, because they, they realise they left, they, they bought, they forgot, they dropped a very big spray can, I think it was. They had a spray can of skin-coloured paint, which they dropped out of the handbag. Yeah, it was laying before on we the get to, Before we get to that, mm. as they're heading out of the church, they then hear the, ch- the priest telling about how Ernest knew the, the 
tr the truth of the of eternal life. True, yeah, true meaning of life, and he will live forever. Yeah, and, and like, they just look at each other, and go, oh, blah, 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 yeah. Even well, though yeah, Ernest yeah, did yeah. learn to, um, to live life to the fullest, yeah, he did. Anyway, the girls <laughs> head out of the church, and they notice how brutally damaged their paint jobs on each other's oh, faces. Terrible. Huh? They look like they were. Like Mike says, a, a car that's yeah, in need of yeah, a, pa a yeah. proper paint job. Well, yeah, going to a bad body shop and the paint's peeling and stuff. And it's, yeah. yeah. <coughs> and they're yeah. walking funny, like they've been <coughs> um, either disjointed or broken badly. Well, they've damaged a few joints as they go along through life, 37 yeah. odd years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And we then find the paint um, can, the paint can, um, uh, <coughs> Spray well, we paint. We see it on the ground. Yeah, yeah. it's on the ground and near the stairs, and the girls are yelling and complaining to each other. And then Helen trips <laughs> on the can, the um, spray can, and is about to topple over. But then she grabs Madeline's hand, and they and she tugs her, and they both tumble, 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 and then they hit the ground, smashing into a few pieces. And tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. And we see their heads rolling around, and then Helen says. Did you remember where, where the car? part the car? Yeah, so, but then, there's two heads talk to each other. There's no bodies, you know. Yeah, then no. we fade out. Yeah. The what end. can one say? Ah, yeah. I um, love that ending. Mm. It's so hilarious. And they've got that closing line sort of encapsulates the whole spirit of the movie. Ah. Two heads talking to each other, and one says, "Do you remember where we parked the car?" It sounds just like no when idea all... of how they actually get to the car and that how they're actually like, going to drive it. That sounds like a funny joke, isn't it? Two heads I are talking to each other, and one says to the other, "Where'd you park the car?" <laughs> I could mention things, but I, I, we might get taken off the air. But I'm going to admit that well, that was an interesting ending to the movie, and I'm kind of glad after all these years they haven't done a reboot or a respin. No, look, or it's, I'm, I'm like glad that. it hasn't been remade because I think Bruce Willis. Is a fine actor. I agree. And the two ladies, uh, uh, Helen uh, Meryl Streep and uh, Goldie Horn, played two good roles in this. I agree. They really bounced off each other so well, and uh, I cannot imagine anybody else carrying the movie. They yeah. these three worked really good. I yeah. agree. They have, were a good combination. <coughs> I like the poster, the the newer poster, not this okay. one oh, that, yeah. that's on Mike's. Where it shows the three main characters and Bruce Willis in the middle, and he's hu he's holding Ma Madeline in one arm on the I think on the whatever. left. I mean right. Whatever. Is it right? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, on the the right. Well, whatever. And and while having a bit of a uh, candlestick in the other through um, Helen's chest uh, through through her, her stomach. stomach. Torso, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, that, I must admit that that the, the special effects. In this movie, I think it's a combination of a bit of a um, green screen, mm. CGI, mm. animatronics, mm. that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's so much put in it to make this show work. I and agree. I, and it, and it's, it looks so natural, and you are taken away in me mentally to an improbable place with an improbable situation, mm -hmm. and it's believable. And that's what all movies should be. Um, yeah. I think this movie really gets that. I mean. You get, but I'll talk about that a bit later. But um, casting's interesting. Okay. Now I said Bruce Willis was cast, obviously yes. in this role, but the people who were considered for the role, hmm. Kevin Klein was the first choice. I heard about that. Uh, to play the uh, that role, but he fell out of the project due to a pay dispute. Maybe hmm. 
Kevin won the few more dollars in his pocket. Well, Kevin Klein is a real well-known well, so is Bruce. person. Okay, but maybe Kevin Klein was just a bit greedy at the time. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Bridges and Nick Nolte were both considered before uh, Bruce was uh, finally cast in the role. Mm. Interesting. So I can't imagine. I mean, Kevin Klein's good. Mm. I can't imagine Nick Nolte doing it, but Jeff Bridges might have covered it. Mm. I don't know. But anyway, getting back to visual effects and whatever. Okay. It was a complex film to make. That's probably why the budget was so... I didn't mention the budget before. Okay. Yeah. Here we are. Where's the old budget figures? Uh, the budget. It, ma- it was made for $55 million at box office at 149 So it was good. Um, yeah. But it was a very complex movie because it, it had... Um, uh, how do you put it? Computer-generated effects. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, I got right here about the computer graphics. This is the first time they ever used um, p- photorealistic human skin software. I know, but I was actually going to say mm-hmm. computer-generated effects under the pioneering direction of industrial light and magic. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Well, I was. Yeah, so this was... um <laughs> the, the film won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects, yeah. defeating Batman Returns and uh, the Alien movie. Yep. Yeah, which is a shame. Really. Both movies were pretty awesome for their day, when you think about it, and it's such a shame they didn't get best you know, special effects either. I think everyone should get that, especially how wonderful the movies get. Anyway, you were saying, Mike? I'm allowed to, am I? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, now, Sarah mentioned the uh, the computer-generated gener- skin texture. Well, they use the... Uh, they had that. Uh, Makes sense. Industrial White Magic did that. Uh, and they, Madeline's head was... Or neck was broken and twisted <laughs> around. That was... <laughs> That was my, that was done by industrial light magic as well yeah. as also when her head was smashed in and went down mm. partly inside her chest cavity. Yeah. Um, mm. It was all it was done really really good. Um, mm. So I just don't know. Um, I mean, there's a bit of blue screen technology, you know, animatronic, like I said, um, and uh, yeah, there's everything works. Yeah. It's so f- it's fun. It's 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 an it's it's not an offensive movie. It's a fun movie. It's a comedy. It's everything it's set out to be. Um, yeah. Also, guys, yeah. at the moment, I'm actually watching a, a documentary series called um, Light Magic that talks about the how the team for Industrial Light Magic was created. I mean, they were started off as um, just independent filmmakers and creators because they were small potato guys, but they started coming together for... in for George Lucas, you know, film Star Wars at the time. Wouldn't you say, Mike? Mm, yeah. So if well, it wasn't yeah. for George Lucas's influence, he, we would not well, have... Well, industrial light magic. We would not sort, have yeah, yeah. industrial light yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's going to go for a few things. Uh, right. Right. Okay, filming locations. Uh, okay. That was on around Los Angeles. These different buildings and stuff. Uh, nothing major there. They did some inside a st- soundstage, inside the house and everything. That was mm. all soundstage. That's but all sound, yeah. They did use a place there uh, where uh, um, Madeline falls down the uh, stairs. That was filmed in a place called Mount St. Mary's University in Brentwood. Mm. Some of you might know that area. So, mm. uh, uh, what, uh, release 
and, the, uh, and reception. Okay. Oh, that be interesting. Here's a couple of things. Okay. Reception was lukewarm. What do you mean lukewarm? Like the one we did the other day, middle of the road, and yeah, about 50% reception. Yeah, well, it, 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 a lot of people probably liked it, but a lot of people didn't like it overly the top. Uh, it's over the top, so yeah. Um, I think it's a good movie. I um, think it's wonderful. It's well, maybe not wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was um, interesting. It has an interesting twist, and I mm. like the twists and turns of this production. It's like... Takes you back to the olden days, like back to the days when you think you, you're marrying. It's mysterious and has that interesting thriller-like angle on it. Yeah, but anyway, that's really captures that period of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, now I don't normally do this part, but I thought it was rather interesting going through different things. When the film was released on DVD, the copy they made was terrible. Oh. No, the quality of its transfer had been said to suffer from excessive grain, blur, muted colours, blah, 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 blah. I had to redo it later on. Uh-huh. It was just, it was really, really bad. You would think there'd be something called quality control in there. Uh, uh, yeah, so they had to redo it later on. But when I first, how the hell could you just, a brand new movie coming out, being transferred to DVD and coming out as like it's a second or third or fourth generation copy? Hello, guys, lift your game. Yeah, yeah um, I hate to think... People paying good money for these things. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather hear about the film release um, reception for it. I would like well, to find like out I about said, that. Not, not a person who just found out how the DVD no, quality was not that good. I just mentioned that on the way through, okay. Now, DVD. there's not a lot of the critiques here, but Death Becomes Her had mixed reviews from critics, like I said. Rotten Tomatoes gives a rating of 54% based on... Drum roll, 54 critics. <laughs> Horn and Streep are as, fab- are as fabulous as death becomes those innovative special effects. Hmm. Uh, 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 I can't say his name properly, sorry. Um, on the other hand, it's a, it, as, as hollow as the world it mocks. Audience polled by Cinema Score gave the film an average grade of B on an A plus to F scale. Gene Seskell and Roger Ebert both gave Death Becomes Her a thumbs down count, commenting that while the film had great special effects, it lacked any real substance or character depth. <laughs> it's a flaming comedy. It's supposed to be funny. You don't need to have character depth. It is all superficial. Laugh, laugh, laugh in problem situations and get over it. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but, but here we go. Sarah mentioned a few things here before. Um, best visual effects have won that um, Academy Awards. That's awesome. Uh, BAFTA, best visual effects, won that. And the Golden Globe Awards, uh, best actress Meryl Streep was nominated. So, Hooray. Yeah. So uh, it was put up in, in a lot of special effects and Meryl Streep was nominated for an award. Um but it gets down to uh, you can't please everybody, and um, a matter of timing when you put a movie out there. I mean, if people yeah. watching, let's say a really, 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 really good movie came out, and an average movie came out about the same time, well, everyone's going to go see the really, 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 really yeah. good movie, and say the hard-earned bucks not go the other one. Um, this could have been a matter of timing yeah. when it was released. I don't know. Yeah, I read somewhere yeah. that Meryl Streep, um, she thought she was going to play Helen's role, but um, that she didn't realise at the time that she was going to play the um, the singer dancing 
uh, mandolin. She handled well. Even though she handled it really well, she she pulled off playing the um, showgirl type woman in that in the movie. Exactly. And no, she looked really good. She and, looked really and, she, good. And, and I don't know if she actually sang mm, herself or was a dub voice, but I think she sang. I think she sang. Yeah. Um, but that, well, if it not, it was it was a good matching. Yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, um, by the way, I didn't check availability on eBay or Amazon, but I would presume it's out there yeah. because it is a good movie. Um, I could go and check now, but no. Um. But I think that um, it's definitely out on YouTube and – I mean, not YouTube, I mean on um, – uh, yeah, um, yeah, Through eBay, eBay and Amazon and, and other Amazon platforms and such as that, you should be able yeah, to purchase or rent a copy. Considering this yeah. movie is mainstream-ish and – And it's good. It's, and it's a good movie. And, yeah. and, and, and it has a good reception backing it. Yeah. Anyway, but, um, do you want to yeah. rate it now or do you Look, want anything to ask I, I've got nothing bad to say about the movie. Me neither. I can think of a couple of technical things, which, it, but that that just that's just me being pedantic. <laughs> mm. Well, actually, I, I will mention one thing: if their bodies were so brittle when they fell downstairs and broke up like statues, how the hell could they bloody well walk and move? Um, <laughs> so yeah, but that's just you know, it, it's a fantasy, it's a comedy, it's you know what I say. You you, you you turn a blind eye that sort of thing. So all I'm gonna say is I'm gonna give it oh, gee nine and a half. I'm nine. gonna give it um, uh, nine and a half too. Yeah. I mean, I did think I did like I did like the um, special effects. I yeah, like the I fact th- the um, how the girls realized that their bodies would not. Be able, were were needed maintenance every time. Yeah. Because their bodies were by the time thirty seven years happened, their bodies looked like they were totally run. Oh, the wrecks! You know, they, I mean, not, it, it definitely wasn't the portrait of Dorian Gray, was it? No, nope. no, no, no. The other imagine, way around. <laughs> I imagine all the other people didn't have um, feuds between people yeah. who also um, took the potion. Exactly. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And so, yeah, they want to call us quits now. I can't think of anything else to yeah, say about it. I can't it, really but, have um, anything na- negative to say about it. No, it's, I want it's to a good movie. It, uh, it's fun. It's, uh, and look, if you like Bruce Willis, I'm like, Bruce Willis, everyone says, oh, yeah, Die Hard and, and The Expendables and all the yeah. other good groovy movies. Yeah, but he's good in comedy roles. Yeah, he, I he, he, he started off in Moonlighting, hmm. and that was a comedy role. Cool. Yeah, comedy uh, series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have nothing against like, him doing yeah. a bit of comedy. I mean, he's this, funny. He's I good mean, at it. in this one, I didn't recognise him until um, some people pointed out this is Bruce Willis in those filmography yeah. things, yeah, and he, I realised, oh, really that's him. Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. know. I didn't see through the the moustache and, and yeah, the he's wearing moustache and, uh, and glasses. And he's wearing a cardigan like a normal and, yeah. mid class middle class guy. I'd be wearing. You just didn't pick him. Thinking like I'd going around bare feet, no shirt on, shooting somebody. You know. But no, it's his, yeah. It, yeah, just and the man looked, next door. And yeah. you looked yeah. old worldly, like he ought to be in the 1950s, not the yeah. ni- 1970s. Very, very conservative type person, yeah. Mm. It's quite fun. It's a good movie. Go, if you haven't seen it, I mean, and I'm saying, look, I'm oldish, almost 70, another year or two, and I've seen a lot of movies over the years, and I don't know the age bracket of you guys listening to these podcasts. Now, if you're about 20 years old, I've seen a lot of movies out of the years that you might not even know exist. Now, bearing in mind, this was done in 1992, and if you were 20 years old, it was done about 8 not to 10 years before you were born. And that's what I'm saying. If you haven't seen it, uh, yeah, it's a good look. 
Yeah, it's fun. And it's, 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 it's not creepy and nasty like a slasher movie would be or even a black comedy like that. It's just it's good, clean, wholesome, fun yeah. black comedy <laughs> thing. So it's good and it's fantasy. And so it's not blood and guts and gore. You know, even the kids could probably watch this one. Yeah. yeah. I, c- yeah. I, admit, I did see this when I was very young. And at the time, I, th- I thought the ending did scare me a bit because... because um, Marilyn and, and Helen, they got well, they broke into pieces and they were still alive. Yeah, and it was fun. It was funny. And i got to admit, that type of life I don't think I could stand. Even if Actually, it were, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to say this guy's name one time. time. The guy who produced it and directed Robert Zemeckis. I think that's the right pronunciation. Now, Robert, I'm sorry if I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, irrespective. You did a good job, Robert. Um, produced and directed. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. Mm. Anyway. Actually, David Cope's come for writing. I thought we saw his name again for writing something else for didn't mm. we? Yeah. Yeah. So, so some people b- bounce around. They're good script writers out there. Well, they mm. do work in mm. different in different, in many circles, Mike. Yeah. Oh, well, borrow him. He's a good script writer. Yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah. I mean, once, you, once they hit a different... Direction you you start seeing a pattern with some of their movies. But the good pattern in this one is it's watchable and it's enjoyable and it's funny. Like if yeah. if it was written by Tim Burton, you could you could oh, see. Oh, it'd, it'd be a bit, it'd be a bit blacker. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> it'd be darker. Different, really weird. Yeah. And always a bit of a uh, bit of a different um, throwback from other movies when you think about it. Something like. Anyway, um, that's about it for us tonight, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this um, podcast, guys, and I hope you guys join us for the next one. Oh, I hope so. I look forward to these. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes my day. makes my entire day, too. Anyway, thanks for what, listening to our last podcast, everyone, and I'll see you guys, we'll see you guys for our next one. Bye. Yay. For now. See you. Bye. This is Sarah Stevenson. Bye.